Welcome to the Nest and Nurture podcast. I'm your host and psychotherapist, Leisha Cash. Now let's get this therapy session started. Hi, and welcome back. So this podcast episode had to be edited for a few reasons. One being that I have been dealing with, I guess, going on seven weeks of kids being sick, which is pretty funny because that is basically what this whole podcast episode is about. So essentially, I was working on this episode, planned on releasing it on Halloween, and my daughter was sick over the weekend, and we didn't get a chance to actually do that. So here I am now, working on this episode again, and something happened on Monday that made me think, I need to edit this. We are about to enter potentially a strike, and I'm not sure which boards are going to be entering the strike, but I know the Durham board is. So that brought on a whole level of new feelings, and I felt like that was probably something important to add to this conversation. So I'm going to start the podcast actually where I had originally planned to, and then I'm going to add a little segment on the end to further discuss these recent developments and why we may still be feeling that this is overwhelming and hard. So hope you enjoy the episode, and maybe it's something you're feeling right now and you can resonate with. So here we go. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a very different plan for today's podcast episode, but I felt this had to be addressed sooner rather than later. So let's get right into it. I actually took a little bit of a step back after I wrote this down. I I wrote this episode in a time where I was feeling a lot of feels and I had to think about, okay, is this a me thing or is this a thing that exists outside of me and my world? And as a therapist, we actually have to do a lot of that work. When we ask a client a question, we have to ensure that we're asking because it pertains to the current circumstances they're in and the feelings that they're currently having, and that it's relevant. And it's not just out of curiosity. And I've talked about that before. It's something we learn in school, like, is this question valid? And in school, I would often, you know, be in a session where we would be role-playing, which I mean is one of the worst things that I ever experienced, but any of my friends listening to this that were in that particular class with me will know exactly what I'm talking about. But we would have to ask our clients questions, and I remember always thinking ahead and basically not listening to the responses. And one of the internal check-in questions was, why am I asking these questions? Now, fortunately, with time and you know becoming more comfortable in this role, I don't have to think about the questions because I genuinely am listening. And I'm not role-playing anymore where all of my classmates are sitting around judging me and my teacher is potentially judging me as well. So it's a little bit more natural. But one of the things I took from that class is to ask the question of why it's valid. Why is this important to ask? Is it relevant? And what exactly is the reason I'm asking this question? So in regards to this episode, I had to take a moment and say, okay, is this a me thing? Or is this something that would be applicable to other people? Is this my own kind of life in front of me that's making me feel dysregulated? And would this episode serve anyone else outside of me just kind of writing it down and feeling better after doing so? And after conversations I've had with many people in my life, especially those who currently have little children, I'm realizing that this is not just a me thing, that this is... Um, something that many people are experiencing right now, and it would be valid. 
it, it is in other people's interest to talk about it. And I realize as I'm saying all this stuff, I haven't even told you what it is. So here we go. I want to start off by saying that we are currently, in my perspective, still in what I refer to as a peri-pandemic. And I use the word peri because when I think of perinatal, which is pre and postnatal, I think we are currently in the middle of pandemic mode and post-pandemic. We're not quite post, we're not quite heavily in, if that makes sense. And that is my perspective. I completely understand that other people disagree and it's a mindset and it's a, it's a way of life and however that is perceived is totally fair and that's your thing. But I feel like just simply recognizing that we're still kind of in it right now, whether it be emotionally or in grief or whatever that looks like for you, it might still exist. And if not for you, for others. So I label it like this peri-pandemic. And I know for some people who are superstitious, they don't even want to say post because they're like, I don't know, what is the winter going to look like and all of that. So here we are. If we look at it as a peri-pandemic mode, essentially we are in limbo where either you're on the side of this isn't over and we are still very much in it. Or you're coming into a perspective that this might be something we are going to live with. And with that comes actually shifting the entire perspective you've had for the past two plus years to essentially let down your guard and open up the world to every kind of random virus that is currently floating through the air or on surfaces or being excreted from your child's body. I know. It's gross, but it is the reality of the situation. I mean, for anybody who's listening to this podcast, maybe way after it's been recorded, this is October of 2022. So we are experiencing what I would call a virus overload where like flus and colds and everything is rampant. And what's important here and how this all relates is that people are in very different stages of their recovery. And I'm going to use the word recovery with purpose from the pandemic. And I mean, recovery means outside of. So I'm just going to say also like this could be healing as well because recovery means it's over in some sense, but we're still processing. Some people are in different stages of their recovery and some people are still healing and some people are still in it. Some are ready to move on and others are very much not and wishing everyone would just chill out a little bit and mix in a mask. And I have empathy for both parties. I know those who are wishing that we were all chilling out a bit are in a minority. And I just want to recognize that because that is really tough. Anytime you're in a minority, it's hard. So just even having that simple awareness of even if you're on the other end of the spectrum, there are people that are very much not. And it's important that we approach all of those circumstances and all of those people with kindness and compassion, and that we recognize that it's hard to be the minority. It's hard to feel one way and watch everything kind of shift outside of that and think about and conceptualize the lack of control that comes with that. That's hard, right? Especially for us that like control, (laughs) When we feel like we have no control, it amplifies those feelings of isolation and distance and being misunderstood. 
So even if you can't get to that space with those people, have empathy for it. And empathy does not require understanding or lived experience. It requires the ability to sit in and be there. So with all that said, I want to take a moment to ask you, how do you view this pandemic? How did you view it during the time it was occurring? And how do you view it now? And I really like to do before, middle, and after in terms of our perspective of things because it shows growth, it shows change, and I like to be aware of what has shifted. Like, why did that perspective change? What's happened to me or to the people I love or in my life along this journey that has changed? And a really good reflection for me is actually this moment I actually think about often. I was at the doctor's office in February 2020, and it was the end of February, so going into March, and I never watch the news. It's just one of my self-care tools. I really don't know what's going on. I'm usually getting broken information from my mom about what's going on in the world, and I know pretty much the big stuff through social media, I guess you could say, but it's just one of the things that I've done and implemented in my life when I became a social worker and dealt with a lot of heavy stuff, especially in the earlier parts of my career, that I felt like I don't need to know all of the little things. So I was sitting in the doctor's office and of course, CP24 is going. And I knew the pandemic was a thing. Like I knew that there was COVID and it was, you know, part of my world at that point, like where I understood this was happening because I heard from my mom probably, but I didn't realize maybe the severity of it. So I'm listening to CP24 and going, wow, this is intense. And I think I was watching an interview of somebody who lived in Toronto, reflecting on how their family uh, had actually contracted COVID. And my first thought after probably sitting in front of the TV for about 20 minutes waiting for my appointment was, well, they're going to die. That's just so unfortunate. Like they, those people, your family, you're sitting here talking to the news. You must be terrified because your family's going to die. And I am usually like a logical, rational person, but that is the impression I got in 20 minutes of sitting in front of a TV screen was that this was going to create um, an instant impact where you essentially die if you contract it. And I mean, fair enough there, like for some people that actually did happen, but for such a short amount of time for me to be sitting there thinking that, um, that was really terrifying. And so then I talked to my doctor about it because I went in, I said, is this going to happen here? And at that point it was kind of like, well, we hope not, but we don't know. And I went to go get blood work and he was, I was like, am I going to contract it just being around other people? And he's like, no, I mean, it's not here yet. And then within like a matter of weeks it was. So that was my pivotal moment. And it's a moment I reflect on quite often where I think, okay, my perspective then in February, 2020 was that everyone was going to die. And basically how that evolved over time, how it got amplified, how when we found out there was cases here, how much that shifted our life. When we got told we were taking, I was told a week off work. I was like, okay, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Literally thought that. And um, 
my CEO at the time was like, we will not be back for a long time. And I was thinking, this is probably because I don't watch the news, that I didn't really know that information, but that's another pivotal moment. And I just want you to take a moment to say, okay, what were the pivotal moments for you kind of navigating this journey of fear and then how you moved through that? Or are you still there? Because these are the moments that change our life. These are the moments that mark our trajectory. And when we reflect upon potential trauma, these are the moments that we have to be aware of. In that moment in February 2020, that felt traumatic. I thought anybody that gets this is going to die. That's a huge thing. So when we started getting it and there wasn't enough information to say to myself, no, that's not a rational thought, it was amplified. So I want you to be very specific when you think about how did you view it then and how do you view it now? And I want you to go deeper and say, did you or do you view it as traumatic? And perhaps not. Perhaps you can't find any time during this journey that you found it traumatic. But I think it's very important to know that other people have. Now, perhaps there were some elements of your experience that felt and still resonate as trauma, and perhaps not, but we also have to respect those who have. So when I go back to that piece around some people just aren't there yet, I'm talking about that. I'm saying kindness, compassion, empathy. We have no idea what anyone else's trajectory was through the pandemic and the decisions they had to make and the sacrifices they had to make and the people that they had to miss and the grief process that comes into that. So as much as this podcast episode is going to kind of shift gears a little bit into present moment, I want to reflect on the past because it's part of how we are currently functioning. And for some people, it's still very much their reality. And with that awareness, we can be empathetic towards each other or just inquire about how everybody's doing. I think there was a period of time during the pandemic where that's what we were doing. We were building connections outside of that because we didn't have access to people. We were very understanding that everyone was in that same boat. We were able to find some common connection over that. And now that that's shifted, I think we're forgetting to check in. So I felt that was important to kind of start this dialogue heading into this podcast episode. Because that is a factor in how I feel about the current circumstances we are in. Now, if so many people in Canada or Ontario specifically are moving forward, why might some still be struggling? And I'm not just necessarily talking about those with, you know, long COVID or experienced a loss or grief during that time related to the pandemic. I'm talking about people who think they should be, you know, back to normal and functioning, but feel like they are not or cannot be. Well, that's where the trauma piece comes into play. That's why it was important to kind of do that reflection. Perhaps we need as an individual more time to actually reflect and work through all of the stuff. I mean, we don't often have the capacity to do so. And I would argue that many of us do not. I feel like we kind of just saw the world opening up a bit and we were back in. So that creates the distance between actually processing and moving through and having the capacity to do so. But I want to remind us that we're not fully out, right? We have changed as well. Yes, much like many other transitions I talk about, especially in the perinatal world, 
I am connecting it to the pandemic. We are no longer the same person that we were in February 2020. And I mean, that would have happened anyways with life changes, but this experience changed us. And then we add in some other factors such as a move or a wedding or a a lack of change due to stagnation that the pandemic created or a career change, a fertility journey, parenthood, and you've got yourself a whole new you. And I'm not saying a new and improved you. So, I mean, that might answer the question of why are we not okay? I mean, have you gotten to know yourself in the new normal? Have you just kind of expected yourself to be the same person? Have you recognized that there may have been a shift or a change? And have you acknowledged this possibility? Maybe you're in grief. Maybe you're grieving the loss of time, experiences, loved ones, milestones, events, friendships, relationships, etc. Maybe. Right now, I have a lot of clients who are also dealing with the challenges of a normal school year. Going back into the office and adapting to the new normal of the workplace. Maybe even a new career with this mindset that we are ready for normalcy. And yet, here we are with endless viruses, colds, sinus infections, flus, and COVID. Hand, foot, and mouth for all my daycare babies. Come on. Trauma. We cannot catch a break. After fighting to avoid and hide, essentially, from COVID, we are now all getting it. And if you have children, you are likely catching a million other things. And sometimes you don't know what you've got. Every day, we are hesitating to send our children with their semi-sniffling colds to school. And knowing all too well that our workplace has evolved a bit and expectations are back. And we're no longer in a space where a positive test means work from home or not work at all because you're MIA for 10 days minimum. The expectation is for some careers that you're in the office, even if your family has it. So that's a huge shift from even just a few months ago to a year ago in the mindset around work-life balance and managing this pandemic. We are now expected to still function still take care of our families when they're ill, but also maintain a high level of performance at our jobs. And that's a lot to carry. Many of us are also choosing to stop our children from going to school or extracurriculars and paying the price in extended work hours to make ends meet, extending our boundaries because we're behind or losing money because we have no other choice but to take time off. It's bananas right now. Or maybe you're on a mat leave. And you have a partner who's out of the house or in the house and you're managing sick babies while just simply trying to get through the day. And we're still in that mindset of not getting others sick, right? And maybe not reaching out to our supports because we don't want anyone else to get sick. So the resources are still lacking. So I mean, with all that being said, why would we even ask ourselves why we might be feeling burnt out? And it's funny to use that word because so many people are feeling the effects. Maybe their body's screaming that they're burnt out, but they're not really putting the label on it. And when I'm talking to people about how they're doing, many people are really friggin' busy, myself included. And it's very important to just notice that and saying, oh, like, am I filling my whole calendar? And what's going on in my life right now? Is this back to normal? And questioning what that looks like for us and if that's feasible for us. 
Long gone are the days where we basically say no to everything or literally don't have plans or events to actually say no to. I feel like we are in a place now where we have those expectations on us now that the world has opened up a bit that we have to hit attending when we get invited to somewhere because we never know when that could be taken away. But also, what is our excuse? Other than the fact that maybe our children are already sick from other viruses or the fact that our calendars are already booked up, we tend to feel like we actually have to go to things. So my question again, why are we not kinder to ourselves when we can't do it all? And I can honestly say as a parent and as somebody who invites people to events and goes to events, if you're sick, I don't want you to come and I don't want my kids to go and we can just continue to live in that pandemic world where we just don't attend if somebody's sick because we really don't need anything else going on. But it's, it's hard to find that balance again when we feel the pressure of attending after not attending for so long. Many might say that they were really grieving the loss of many of the experiences and opportunities for socialization during the pandemic. And there are many who might also say that they enjoyed the slowdown, that they actually thrived in different ways. And I think it's really important to find both sides, to find positive and negatives. Perhaps working from home really suited you as a human and you were actually more productive and felt like this was something that you wished could continue. You were able to find some balance getting stuff done at home during your lunch break rather than rushing to do it in the evenings when you got home. We need to find these silver linings in hard situations. And some of those aspects of the pandemic might have been good for us. However, the simple fact that it was all encompassing, all or nothing, it wasn't a choice, made it challenging. In combination with the fact that we had less access to coping strategies and external support. So now, with this in mind, it's time to find balance. If you were someone who might have said, you know what, I really enjoyed the slower holiday season where we might spend more, I really enjoyed the holiday season where we got to spend more time at home as a family, enjoying the time rather than rushing around to attend, you know, all of the holiday events and barely enjoying it. Maybe it's time to sit back and say, are we saying yes to too much now that we have many more opportunities in front of us and at what cost? And for what reason? If it's because you feel obligated due to social pressure or expectations, I really urge you to reevaluate. If you have love and trust with the people you're saying no to, simply saying, we are hitting our max here to the point of exhaustion. And we would love to attend, but we just need to sit this one out. I mean, you can use language that you prefer, but setting the boundary with good intentions and kindness and compassion is the goal. Perhaps planning something when life slows down a bit. Or booking something one-on-one rather than in a group if you are someone who does better in an individual setting. Knowing your thresholds and limits and attuning to your needs over others. It's hard enough to do, but it's really important to try. For the parents who have sick babies, I feel for you. I am with you. And I get it. This is not easy. Like I said, literally things are running rampant right now. Everybody is getting sick. It seems like two and a half years worth of viruses are making their way through our households at rapid speed. No wonder we cannot keep up. With the shift in expectations in the workplace, you may find that you're really struggling to stay afloat. And for you, finding that balance is where you're going to struggle most. Talk to your support network. Maybe call in some reinforcements. You are not a burden. 
You are drowning in all of the work obligations, financial responsibilities, and child rearing responsibilities. We have lost our villages and we really lost them during COVID. So let's like re-implement that kind of village mentality. If it cannot be work taking the hit, perhaps it's calling in the troops to help out while you're in a meeting or at least one day that week getting into the office to get undivided work time and show your face. It's time to get creative. And I say this with kindness and grace because I know not everyone is privileged enough to have outside care. So with that being said, if you can, being honest with your management team or the people that you work for in some capacity that shit is literally hitting the fan on the home front and you need them to understand that you really want to excel at work, but you're also trying to find a healthy balance to keep your family healthy and afloat as well as work. If that's not a possibility, it's time to chat with your partner. I'm sure you've been doing it already, but seeing what their flexibility is like. This is where default parenting rears its head a bit, and I strongly encourage ample amount of communication, of feelings, balancing out the importance of both careers in this process, and trying to lower your defenses. That's the one thing. We get defensive, and it's really hard not to in these conversations, but just being mindful of that. This is a brainstorming teamwork conversation about how to survive while your children are sick, especially if you get sick on top of it, or perhaps if you have limited resources and you basically have each other. Now is the time to communicate. So here we are battling through and hoping that as we enter into the holiday season, we might get a chance to be with our family and not share as many germs as we once feared. In getting there, I want you to think about your boundaries. What do you want out of the next few months? And how are you going to keep your family afloat? How does that mental health look? <laughs> how does that balance look? And how would it impact your mental health? How do you buffer the burnout? What balls can hover over the floor rather than be high in the air? And what balls that are going to drop are okay to drop? If there are none, who can you pull in assistance to grab one before it hits the ground? So if you've been wondering why you might be feeling a bit heavier right now, if you feel unmotivated or concerned about concentration or lack of focus, maybe this is why. Maybe you're still in survival mode. Maybe you're still in fight, flight, or freeze mode. It just seems like you shouldn't be because time has passed. And that is your own judgment. And maybe you let your guard down and are being rocked by reality, but it's too busy to fully explore that. Maybe it's time to do that. And I want to say that even if you don't have kids and you don't have viruses going through your household, this can still be extremely heavy. You can still be grieving. You could have experienced trauma through the pandemic. You could still not be sitting and processing that. So take time to do so. And if you don't have anyone to discuss this with, I highly recommend talking to a therapist. Sometimes we just need to talk about our feelings about a situation without fix-it solutions. Just to have someone who listens and validates these feelings without judgment. Find yourself that kind of therapist. So with recent developments at our school board, we found out that there may be a strike. And that means that the children are either doing virtual work or some rendition of home work. <laughs> Homeschooling, once again. Now, this is my first turn with a strike. Other than when I was in school, I remember actually in my, I think it was my undergrad, we went through a fairly large strike where we were off 
and I actually don't remember. I feel like we got extended into the summer and I was completing my work in the summertime, which was really hard because if you were like me as a university student, you were probably working during the summer. And I remember having to really work hard and overtime to try to make up the finances because unfortunately, and fortunately, I still lived with my parents in my undergrad and I couldn't get OSAP because of that. So I had to work every year um, in the summertime to make up for the finances that my undergraduate would cost. And so I remember that really putting a hit on me that I had to work extra hard during my summer to make sure I had enough finances while also being in school. So I that was probably one of my main experiences. And I think when I was younger, I did enjoy a strike or two because I remember probably being really happy that we were off school. Um, but now this is my first time as a parent. And I think it's a little bit different this time around, um, even if you've been a parent during other strikes because of the pandemic. So that's why I felt like this actually might make sense to delay the episode a little bit to include this component of the peri-pandemic mode. And that's because I felt a little bit overwhelmed by the fact that we are going to be entering into what resembles those periods of time when we were working from home and taking care of our children and homeschooling and potential virtual care. Now, fortunately for me, I didn't experience that. I was at home with both children and working and had thankfully some caregivers here providing care for my children within my home. And then I did have my daughter in preschool, but she was able to attend by that point. But I know there's a lot of parents that were working from home, homeschooling their children, and trying to do, juggle both at the same time. And now we are back in that space. And I am here to just simply ask, how is everybody doing? Are you okay? I can imagine having probably been in that position before, there is a combination of different feelings. One is our feeling of being re-triggered. So we're essentially going back into this semi-pandemic mode where we're like, okay, we are now expected to figure out childcare for our children, homeschool them, and we are back at work, and some of us are in the office, and we have to juggle all of those things with the same expectations we had before. Like earlier in this episode, I talked about expectations shifting, and they have. So now we're going back in time saying, okay, you know those expectations that we just shifted? Um, can you lower them again? Because we're going to also be home with our children again, doing potentially homeschool. And as I'm talking about this right now, there has been no finalized decision. But these are the things that parents are probably thinking. And I'm not coming from a place of not supporting, you know, whatever's going on in the school system and what needs to change. I'm coming at this from a place of being a parent, being a therapist, and knowing that we are under a tremendous amount of stress right now. And this kind of small setback, which is big in so many ways, is really detrimental to our mental health. And not only that, it's really hard for our kids. So I just, I want to layer in a couple things. If you're feeling overwhelmed by this strike, potential strike, and the fact that you're going to have to come back home to work and your children are going to be present, give yourself some grace and kindness to say, like, this is why you are experiencing, you know, post-pandemic trauma of experiencing this before and we were in hypersensitive fear state mode. So it makes sense that this is feeling overwhelming. 
And on top of that, knowing the expectations have changed. And on top of that, knowing that our children who have probably experienced this before are now being entered back into a situation that might have been layered with fear and inconsistency and unknown. So if you experience kind of like all of these things coming home and coming to a head, your kids might be dysregulated, you might be dysregulated, it might be really hard. For those of you who might have thrived during this time, this might actually be good. There's no drop-off, there's no pickup, there's no, you know, making lunches the night before. This might be different for you. But for those that felt triggered and found this very hard, you might be unwell. And you might be thinking, how am I going to survive this again? And I just want to normalize that this may be amplified. During the pandemic, there was a combination of this has never happened before. So we really didn't know what to expect. And we kind of had to go with the flow a little bit more than we would have liked to. And there was no end in sight, but everyone was kind of in the same boat. Now, considering this may be just board-based and all of that, there's, there's, there is this piece of not everybody's in the same boat. So not everybody that you're working with is also experiencing this. And not everybody that you work with has kids in school that would be impacted by this. And in addition to that, you have some expectations if you've done this before, either how easy it was or how drastically difficult it was. So we're going into this situation with some expectation. And on top of that, there is that similarity piece of not actually knowing when this is going to end, like not having control of this scenario at all. It's completely beyond our control. So having empathy for the situation, but also saying, okay, this is really dysregulating because it mimics a fear. It mimics a time in our lives that were very difficult. And it's not as easy to integrate ourselves when we have that expectation. With that being said, some people might have these expectations of, well, we've done this before, we can do it again. We know we can survive it, it's okay. And I think that it's a great reframe to have, but it's also important to note that because we are still kind of trying to, to manage the stress and trauma and all of the fallout from those experiences that we're still kind of like outside of our window of tolerance, it's not as easy to just be like, we've done this before, we can do it again. It's harder because we're still kind of moving through that experience. And to top it all off, to connect it to the rest of my podcast episode, many of us are sick and our kids have been sick for weeks on end. So we're going into this not having been rested and feeling really good. We're going into it probably a little low-level burnout, really just needing a break and potentially making our lives a little bit harder. So the whole point of this kind of conversation is just normalizing that this might not be very easy for you and to give yourself some grace and kindness to think about okay what are the ways that I can actually support myself through this and my children knowing that they might be dysregulated by the inconsistency that's being brought back into their life knowing that they might not be filling their cup socially how can I integrate some extracurriculars which again takes from you but adds for them how can I balance this out in the way that's going to best support my mental health. Do I have to talk to my employer about this? Do I have to talk to my support team about this? Who can come in and support us and help us along this journey? So starting to navigate that component of things to assist you through this time. That's the benefit of having been through this before. 
it's not necessarily because we've been through it before we know we can survive it. I want to say, how do we wrangle the troops? How do we get our support system in place? How do we set ourselves up for the most success given the situation? And I know for maybe the teaching staff and those who have been through this from that perspective, they probably have some idea of you know, the load that came with this shift before and probably feel more prepared going into it. But I'm sure there's some stress on that end as well as the educators who are now going back into this scenario too. So I wanna just be mindful and kind to, to that group as well because it's a very different perspective. And especially if you're an educator and a parent. So I get that. So just kindness all around, but mostly to yourself, right? Lowering your expectations of what you can keep going in the air, and I'm talking about those balls again that are flying around, knowing that some might be hovering over the floor and being okay with that, and knowing that once things get back to normal, you are going to pick them back up again. And in the meantime, who can help you juggle them? What things can kind of sit on the back burner while you kind of collect yourself? With all that being said, it's hard. And just putting that in the space that these kind of changes, these expectations of what life looks like seem a lot harder now that we've gone through a very big change for like two plus years. So just also having that awareness that we have less capacity to manage adversity when we are burnt out and still recovering. Having grace for each other, having grace for ourselves. So with all that being said, I hope that you can find um, some space to kind of breathe through this. I know this isn't impacting everyone, but it could at some point in time. And just knowing that you're not alone in those thoughts and feelings as you navigate this next kind of step. I think it's well integrated into the fact that we as human beings have been trying to manage all of the things on top of eight weeks of being sick. So on the other hand, I'm sure there's some parents that are thinking, okay, if my kids are staying home right now from school, there's a potential we all have a chance to get better. So there is some light in this that maybe everyone can stop getting sick for a week or two, get back to good health, get some good night's sleep, not have to wake up early or as early as we normally do and get healthy again. Do that reframe, whatever works for you, whatever feels better. There's no easy way right now, but at the same time, offering yourself that kindness. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope if nothing else came from this podcast episode that you feel in good company. You are not alone in these feelings and honestly, it sucks. I am right there with you. And in case someone hasn't already told you today, you are amazing. Thank you. Take care.